Welcome to the Speak In Flow podcast. Let's unleash your leadership voice. Listen in to the untold stories of high-performing leaders where they will reveal their golden takeaways to help you become fearless communicators and fast-track your career. Join us for the journey. Our topic today is all around conflict management, and the person I brought on board is Anil Awasti. He's a seasoned HR expert, as well as an adjunct professor at Golden Gate University. He's also the founder of Awasti Consulting, who supports leaders in mission-driven businesses and companies, nonprofits. And so I'm so glad he's going to be here today and talking about our challenges as well as opportunities when it comes to conflict management. Hi, Anil. It's good to have you on the show. I'm Melinda. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here, especially because you help nonprofits, mission-driven uh, organizations. And so before we jump into the meat and potatoes about conflict resolution and conflict management, uh, I'm curious, what are you excited about working um, with these organizations? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I started off my career in nonprofits even before I got into HR, after I decided I want to pursue a career in HR, I kind of fell into a nonprofit mm-hmm. um, that applied to a number of uh, organizations and nonprofits where I just started my HR career. And I really liked the idea of serving the community mm-hmm. and thinking of the community as our as our shareholders and our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. And that just really resonated with me. And long story short, 10 years later, I've just been working in nonprofits and HR leadership I teach at a nonprofit and I consult to nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Although I do consult to some for profits, most of my work has been around nonprofit that are mission driven. Yeah, no, I'm just so glad. I love talking to people, meeting people that have a connection to their work and yeah. and just a connection to feel, hey, I'm putting in so many hours of my day. You might as well find something that you feel connected to uh, and to yes, fulfill yes. you uh-huh. and <laughs> also agree. the people around you. Yeah. So thank you for all your work on that and um, the nonprofit space and helping the community. Really appreciative. And so what in your specialty, even drilling down further, um, you you have specialty around conflict management. And so I was curious, I, I've heard I have a conflict resolution credential from Golden Gate University. And, and that's also where you're adjunct prof- a professor. And so it's interesting because I wonder what's the difference between conflict management and conflict resolution? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the first classes I started teaching uh-huh. at Golden University. And I still teach that in this semester as well. So the way I see the distinction is that not every conflict is going to be resolved with a win-win resolution. Mm-hmm. I firmly believe most conflicts, like 80% of conflicts, can be resolved with a win-win. Okay. Meaning both parties can actually have everything they want, maybe not in the manner that they wanted, but they have to collaborate uh-huh. and generate uh-huh. solutions. Uh-huh. They can still have their interests and their goals be met. Mm-hmm. Conflict resolution, on the other hand, it, I'm sorry, conflict management, on the other hand, I believe is for those like 20% or so conflicts that aren't going to result in a win-win. 
where you have to agree to disagree, but how you agree to disagree, I think is what matters. It matters in workplace relationships. And I think it matters in close personal relationships. So I think how you manage that disagreement is where conflict management shines. And that's why I use the, use the term conflict management in my class more than I use conflict resolution. Oh, that's really interesting. So do the conflict management, is that for specifically once you've identified, we're not going to be able to resolve this. And then this is where the class fills in the gap for the 20% or you kind of cover the whole gamut. Well, I cover the whole gamut, but I think okay. it's, it's, most, it's more easy for me to illustrate this in those, yeah. those areas where all of our needs are not going to be met. Suppose we have right. to to a compromise where we meet halfway. I give up something, you give up something, and I get something, and you get something. Well, we might not be completely satisfied, but we have to move on. Because mm-hmm. conflict just isn't over when you have a resolution. Mm-hmm. You have to manage the aftermath, the emotions, and all, mm-hmm. all those things that, um, you know, come to the forefront and can put our relationships in danger if they are right. managed. Right, right, right. Because like you said, um, you we are going to still continue to work with these people. This is uh, yes. conflict management, um, assuming that we are going to work with these people. And so how do we go through, uh, tell me more about what you said about how we're getting to the the end or, or the the not there's no resolution but how in the process of managing the conflict tell me more about what that means yeah it's to me what that means is my relationship with you yeah more important to me than Mm -hmm. a win right now yeah because sometimes you might get a win right now but you'll do you'll incur a net uh, loss over a period of time mm-hmm. because you do more damage to the relationship than is necessary. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it means to me. You know, if you back into a compromise, like I said, well, you might not get everything, but maybe, you know, next, I suppose you're in conflict with your spouse or another loved one, or a close personal relationship. Maybe uh, I got a little bit more out of the deal than you this time. And next time mm-hmm. the way I'm going to manage this is maybe I'm going to give in a bit more. Right. Yeah. So one party isn't always getting the short end of the stick. So yeah. that's that's in my opinion how you these number of acts that you do after you yeah. have conflict to either destroy the relationship or strengthen the relationship. Because relationships don't mean we're going to be in agreement all the time. Right, right. This reminds me of this is this has nothing to do with conflict, but it actually just reminds me of my mom who had cancer. Mm-hmm. And when something like this happens, so you're about to go into conflict, you can do a couple of things, right? She had cancer. She did everything that she needed to do to fight this cancer for her in her perspective. There's a lot of ways to go about it, but she did her um, her chemotherapy, her radiation. She did the surgery. And there's some people that are going to fight the whole way, be upset the whole way and angry and yell at everybody around her. And, and there's something for her, she was just the kindest person. She was still mm-hmm. just warm. And, and so this is what we're talking about, the process, right? When you're in a conflict, you can go about it a couple of ways. You can be angry and yell, or you can really try, you know, your best to, to, to listen, to have empathy. You know, the outcome, like you said, it was no resolution because she ended up passing away. But then when we reflect back about the whole process of what she had gone through, it was like like how she went about to do it mm-hmm. was was what she wanted mm-hmm. and what I remember. So like you said, like if we're in a relationship with somebody and we're having conflict and you reflect back, 
even though the re- there's no resolution her mm-hmm. first the, for my mom there was no out- beneficial outcome for her that was not the outcome that she wanted but i think yeah but i think she i think that that her process of mm-hmm. how she went about it mm-hmm. was exactly what she wanted to do i'm so sorry to hear so about there's your mom. No- yeah, I just for whatever reason just started, you know, thinking yes. about that. But I think that hopefully that will help people see what um, when you reflect back mm-hmm. in this yeah. moment. Because mm-hmm. you could do a lot of damage in those types yeah. of situations. And right, you know, we're gonna talk about this now or at some other time. But emotions are internal facts. That's how I talk right. about them in my in my classes. And people often make these types of assertions: "Oh, you shouldn't get mad. You shouldn't feel that way." Well, they are. Right. Well, they are. Mm-hmm. And it just is what it is. And it mm-hmm. ought to be acknowledged during conflict, mm-hmm. not acted out, but acknowledged. Yes. You can't yes. be part of it behind, and, and which is a you know, very strong uh, stimulus in, in emotions are. Acknowledging them and, and trying to understand the emotions the other is going to, uh, through will help you get to a better resolution. You know, right. I think both ends. As well. Right. I think both ends, right? As a person, if I'm angry, I have a, I could decide whether I'm going to act out on it. Right. I, I, you know, I, or, and also the receiver, like you said, sometimes people will say you shouldn't feel angry, but if you're the receiver of this anger, like you said, acknowledging that anger, both when both parties can do that and just acknowledge it and then decide whether you want to act out on it. If you have a lot of anger, then then perhaps like you, if you're thinking about back, back about the process, maybe we don't want to act out on it and yeah. and give yourself some time and space. Yeah, emotions are complicated. I mean, right. anger right. might be on the surface observable, but right. it might not actually be the emotion the person is feeling. There might be men tend to do this a lot. They will mask, you know, fear with mm-hmm. anger. Right. And, uh, not all men, but it's, you know, overwhelmingly men do this. Mm-hmm. So understanding what emotions someone is feeling and to navigate those is incredibly important in conflict. I, I right. do a whole lecture on that in my classes. Yeah. Can you share one tip or one how to uh, how to manage it uh, from your perspective? First what? off, the, the biggest tip I can share is recognize your own emotions. Mm-hmm. Are you, in fact, angry? Mm-hmm. Or you're afraid. Mm. You know, for women, are you actually thinking it's not a big deal and and you're just um, avoiding, or is it a really big deal and you're just masking that anxiety of having to deal with a conflict with just an avoidant behavior? So recognizing right. your emotions is a great place to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, most of us will avoid it because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable, and and what is the opportunity when we can go and? Well, I mean, address- if you're talking about this in the context of, of managers and their roles in conflict management, right? Um, oftentimes in my career, managers come to me and they're talking about a certain type of conflict that their employees are facing, and you know, I talk through them, I engage in some coaching, and I. You know, I'll ask questions about what the employee has done. Because remember, we are talking about adults here, right? right. What has the employee right. done to resolve this? Oh, the employee feels uncomfortable. Or they feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. coming to you directly. I said, okay. And as the manager, how have you addressed that? Mm-hmm. Most of the time, they address it by by taking over the responsibility. 
And that is a disservice, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to the employee and the organization. Mm. Um, being uncomfortable is not a good enough reason to avoid certain something. That's how you yeah. learn. That's how you grow. And it's not a manager's job to provide a comfortable environment. Um, a manager's job is to provide a safe environment. Got it. I love that. I so, love that. That's so true. Mm-hmm. So providing a safe environment means right. that you have to encourage appropriate risk taking. Right. So, you know, one of the, some of the biggest issues I see with managers are managers avoid dealing mm-hmm. with conflict. Managers tend to be conflict avoid. And one of the biggest complaints about managers is they do not handle conflict. They either mm-hmm. hope it'll just go away or they pretend like it just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so they're avoided. Some other things that they do is they engage or they create a situation where avoidable conflict actually flourishes and people engage in conflict easily avoided by having unclear expectations unclear job descriptions or setting up um setting up situations where people are competing against each other for no reason now i'm not saying competition should be eliminated right right competition's incredibly healthy right but it has to be deliberate but when from the employee's perspective they have unclear directions they feel they're responsible for something or have jurisdiction or something. So does someone else. Well, that's going to result in conflict. Mm-hmm. Coupled out with a manager that is avoided, it's just going to play out for a long period of time until it blows up. Wow. So the last thing managers do is what I illustrated in the beginning is, is they feel the need to, to, to go to the rescue of the person that's complaining. Mm-hmm. And while mediation is a powerful tool, mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be the first step. Not mm-hmm. every conflict would be ripe for mediation. Mm-hmm. Managers' roles, I believe, are to teach, to coach, to facilitate. But facilitation comes later. That's the mediation piece, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, taking the time to think through with the per- the complainant, the person that's come to you with a conflict situation. What you know? What is your role in this conflict? How have you contributed to it? What are your goals? How would you like to see it resolved? What can you say to this person? How can you approach them? Spending the time and thinking through all of these is going to do more service for the employee and the organization and the manager's time in the future because they won't have to jump in every conflict. Right. And how do they know? How does a manager know whether they're avoiding or not? How does a manager know if they're avoiding or not? Yeah. Um, Clear symptoms. Well, I think, you know, I think working with a coach is good. (laughs) (laughs) Asking, you know, Asking their staff for feedback. How well do you right. do the conflict? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's nothing remarkable well, about it, but asking for feedback, but it's also uncomfortable. And, and if, yeah. if you are coming from a collectivistic culture or saving face right. is the norm, you're probably not going to want to ask those types of questions. And if you're an employee coming from collectivistic cultures, you're probably not going to want to to give direct feedback to your superior either. So, so you have to ask in different ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anonymous survey, but sure. it would be helpful to get some feedback. I mean, because sure. yeah, I mean, especially if you want, right, right. Yeah, if you want to understand where there's some blind spots, or as a manager, right, what can I do? You can put it more holistically. Um, yeah, what what can I do to to be a better manager? Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. I think a good place to start for managers is is learning assertiveness skills. 
Yeah. So if it's- somebody comes to you with a conflict situation, you quickly assess it and be like, you know, I'm happy to help, but I really want you to deal with I really wish you guys would deal with it first. And if you can't, uh-huh. then come get me. Uh-huh. Pushing the responsibility back on the employee. Mm-hmm. Make yourself available if they need help. They want to talk mm-hmm. to things, but don't just jump in there like a knight going to the mm-hmm. rescue of mm-hmm. uh, one of your employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable. They'll be fine. What are you finding is the what are the mm-hmm. primary challenges you mentioned <clears throat> they avoid? Is it and they're avoiding because they're not giving, they don't know how to give direct feedback or? Well, there are a number of reasons, but not all of them apply to everybody. Some mm-hmm. people are naturally conflict avoidant. Yeah. That's the strategy that they've practiced ever since childhood. So they have a lot of competency with that strategy. Yeah. And our job is to kind of get them to develop some level of competency with other areas like collaboration, accommodation, compromise, even competition. That um, others, it's just uncomfortable. Another reason it's just uncomfortable. So they're rather not. Got it. And And that's probably where we want to lean into when we're finding discomfort with something that, like you said, it's not about avoiding the discomfort, but it's about, hey, because you you and your team, we're all feeling discomfort. But as a manager, you want to be the safety, like Absolutely. provide safety to go and lean into the discomfort because that's where you're going to grow. Yeah. Those are I the just, areas. Yeah. Yeah. I just ran a couple of workshops uh, the last four weeks or so for a couple of my clients, yeah. conflict management. Yeah. And I always ask, you know, when I do my trainings, like on performance management, interview skills, things like that. I always ask if the managers ever received such a training before and almost always no hands go up. And it's so interesting, even in 2023, we put people in leadership roles and not give them the tool because they're really good at the job. They're really good at the tactical Mm -hmm. piece of Mm -hmm. their jobs, but we forget that the leadership skills need to be developed and it's okay to put a high performer in those roles, but you have to give them the tools as well and sometimes I feel that managers believe that now they're their manager, they have those skills. Right. And they end up going to mediation or things and they do more harm than good because right. haven't, you know, spent time practicing or learning some theory or just, you know, the, the other thing to do is they go in without preparation. Right. You know, right. Do a mediation meeting, you know, I, I'll spend an hour or two hours prepping for the mediation meeting. Mm-hmm. So it takes time. Right, right. You can do back to back. uh, You can have back to back meetings scheduled, and you just walk into a mediation without any prep. Um, That's going to do a lot of harm. Right, right. I agree. And mediation is almost like the last step. If you can have these skill sets and these skills beforehand, before mediation, then you're actually going to avoid the mediation altogether. The goal. Absolutely. Nothing wrong with mediation. Right, right. Sometimes you need external help, and that's okay. Right, right. And like you said, I mean, because I think the managers, yeah, they, they know all of the technical aspects of it. But this is all I don't think there's a um, an end. Yes, you may know some conflict management skills, but why why cap it? Like there's always more to learn is what I'm thinking. Yeah. And they, they might think I have some basic I got this I'm good. And then, <laughs> well, you know, what they don't realize is that I think that there's more to learn. There's always um yeah, skills that we can evolve and get better at, like and these yes, type of things. Yeah, you know, people are listening and they can think back to a conflict they mediated, leader, right? Or even if they weren't a leader and they mediated a conflict, 
maybe it went well, maybe it didn't go well, but in their minds, if you guys want to do a, like a postmortem and see what actually you did that worked well and things you did that did not work well, and how, what would you do differently? Yeah. If you want to think to a recent conflict, that's a good tool as well. So at least you're, you're continually improving, you know, by right. having a little meeting with yourself. To put right. Can you share a an example of a client that you work with? Like it was the before the the this client was working with you before having these skills, and then what happened after you started working or finished working with the client? Um, sure. There's a client of mine in San Francisco. They're having um, they're having challenges with an employee. Mm-hmm. Um. And they're not sure how to approach that employee because the employee is confrontational and in her home country had worked in HR. So they're a bit afraid of her as well. Mm. Um, and they, they don't know what they can say or they did not know what they can say or, you know, how to deal with this. But the colleagues were complaining as well of this, this employee. Okay. About. 70, 80% of the colleagues that complained in that department about the one person, the one person just doesn't see it mm. in meetings, even all the way up to the executive director, she'd commit to making changes, but then she'd refute everything that's being said. Um, want to know who's saying what, things like that. So it was decided that coaching is not going anywhere. We need to put this employee, we need to up the ante, put her on a, a performance improvement plan so I worked with the uh, direct supervisor and the supervisor's manager as well. So the head of the department on how to conduct this meeting. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of anxiety around it, right? Mm-hmm. So we, did a, we did maybe two sessions all over Zoom. And the executive director and the deputy director were there as well. And so through the through these two sessions, it wasn't anything remarkable, to be very honest, that I did or I taught them. It was just I facilitated a dialogue. I, we, we were able to to take the time to plan for that meeting. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my only contribution. Quite frankly, I didn't have the answers, like you know, things like, what do you, what are your goals from this meeting? Right. Ask the manager, asking the supervisor, what do you think are that employee's goals? Mm-hmm. What are your interests? What do you think are her interests? Mm-hmm. I know your position. What are her positions? Mm-hmm. And, that's what she's saying. Are there deeper goals that she has? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what are some of the challenges or challenging questions she might ask and how can we respond? Practicing these inner responses to help build their, their, their confidence mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, answering assertively, politely yet assertively, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. if the employee keeps probing, you know, asking mm-hmm. questions that they can't answer. Mm-hmm. The meeting went well. Uh, the, both those meetings went well, and then the subsequent meeting with the employee went well. I was not there. That wasn't my my job. But all that to say, all we did is we we spent some time preparing. Mm-hmm. You have to take time preparing. I, I think in the modern day, we need more thought leaders. Mm-hmm. And I do some of my best thinking when I'm you know when I'm out for a walk or I'm working out right. or I'm garage right. playing. That's what I'm thinking, and that's work as well. And I right. like people. It's not like you know, you if you're sitting at your computer frantically typing away, that's not maybe all the work. You know, th- just thinking of that as work is not true. You know, there's other things you have to stop and think. Mm-hmm. I jokingly say 10 years ago, I used to have all the answers when I started in HR. Now I don't. I got to actually sit, stop and think. Yeah. And you know, that's the evolution. You're becoming more strategic. 
right? Right. So, right. so taking that time, unfortunately, I find people aren't able to do that, and they might not they might not know the types of questions to ask. So I think my value there was just being able to hold a space, ask the question and force them to think through these things mm-hmm. and provide mm-hmm. them with some techniques, you know, assertiveness trainings and things like that. And how do we answer? Well, that's huge. I mean, if for you, you might think, Oh, that's, I didn't provide much, but then even just these basics is huge. Cause you're good at it. So for you, it probably mm-hmm. will come easier for them. It's like, they don't even know where to begin and they may not have even known how to prepare. And like you said, I think because those some people, we jump from one thing to another and then, and then we think, okay, we're just going to go in it and just wing it or just not even know where to begin. So they don't prepare. So I think with you and helping them to go through all the different types of questions to really think through what she's thinking. And and even though you don't have all the answers, but I think when you, we could put ourselves in the other person's shoes and think through what they're thinking, what their needs are, what their desires or goals are, even if it, it's not accurate, but at least just putting ourselves in the other person's shoes. And then what I also found is I feel like even though you prepared I think, like you said, I think the goal, the goal is because we we're feeling better. We're feeling a little bit more confident, but even going in, not knowing everything is okay, but, but at least having preparation and then knowing that you're going to provide that safe space for everyone to talk about things. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I mean, just, just getting comfortable and saying, Hey, I can't answer that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll get back to you mm-hmm. you know, knowing that those are options. Right. Yeah, it goes a long right. way. Totally. But I think it going also going back to the original yeah. thought about process. Like, how totally. do we want to leave this? This, yeah, this discussion. Yeah, uh-huh. if you think about your goals. I think this is you know, where I really focus with people that have only is what are your goals? Right. Writing down your goals, actually writing them down, thinking about them, mm-hmm. and ranking them. I think is really powerful because it helps you get a deeper sense of what it is that you want to see as an outcome. Mm-hmm. And, and estimate what the other person might want to see as an outcome as well. Yeah. The reason I think this is so powerful is because it you can calculate, you know, how to negotiate what goals are your non-negotiables and which goals can you negotiate upon and still be very happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't go through those calculations, um, right. you might negotiate away the wrong things, or you might not know you could have given something up and, and preserved the relationship and it wouldn't have made a difference to you. Correct. Correct. That's huge. That's huge. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Knowing the things that we want to negotiate that are negotiable, non-negotiables. And that way you're not in the conversation and just standing, you know, with blank stare. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And Neil. And so what, um, when you know we have people out there they're listening they might be thinking about their employee having these difficult conversations with employees are crucial and um what uh how can they reach you or how can they yeah what well, can you. you do to help them uh-huh. yeah thank you so they can visit my website and submit an inquiry okay. i believe you'll have some information as well but velocity consulting is my last name a-w-a-s-t-i consulting.com um, you can shoot me a message there. You can also shoot me a message as, at Anil at awastheconsulting.com. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. We're putting out some good content, hopefully on a weekly basis around HR and you know the evolution of HR, AI, all of these things, a lot to do awesome. with culture. So um, I'm happy to connect, do a lot of, um, you know, not just HR, but I do some operational consulting as well. Awesome. But I love working with people. So 
you know, I work with not just leaders, but emerging leaders and boards of directors as well. So if you awesome. if you'd like to just have an exploratory call, I'm happy to do that as well. Thank you, Anil. And what are your last like key tips for our leaders that are out there um, that are struggling with having these types of conversations effectively? Yeah, well, the one tip I'll share is that be kind to yourself. Mm. It's conflict management, effective conflict management is not for the faint of heart. It is, it, it is challenging. It takes a lot of cognitive energy, takes time to prepare, takes time to go through the meetings. You have to sit in difficult, uncomfortable situations, and they will always be uncomfortable. Okay, doesn't matter how long you've been, they will always be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And then you also have to spend time and energy in cognitive capacity to manage the aftermath. So be kind to yourself. Know that you have a lot of expertise in whatever your default style is. It might be avoided. It might be competition. Practice that your whole life. Mm-hmm. So it, you can't just attend a seminar or a class and, and expect to have equal competency in other styles that are more, more productive, maybe like collaboration. So just be kind to yourself and be the willing partner and know that the other person is also experiencing challenges. So be that willing partner for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank about you. showing yeah. kindness, compassion to ourselves as we go through these difficult situations and and getting all the tools, the techniques necessary from either you, from people to navigate these uncomfortable situations. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others. Yes. We're all in this together. The reality is um, as people, as human, as humans uh, in this uncomfortable journey, like let's make it the best that we can. Yes, ourselves yeah. and others. So I really apologize that. when you make a mistake. Apologize. I know, right? <laughs> it was a very long way. In my class, yeah, I talk about the components of an apology, but that's we're running out of time here. But apologize yeah. when need be, and that's leave your ego at the door. You'll be fine. It's huge. It's huge. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, Anil. Thank you so much for your time, your expertise. Really appreciate it. Reach out to Anil. All of his information will be in the comments and the notes. Take Thank care. You. Take care. Thanks for joining me today. Are you curious on how you measure up with your ability to present with confidence and influence? Come grab your complimentary presentation skills review just by emailing me at melinda at speakinflow.com. The review session is a customized call specifically for you where we're going to get you the strategies that you need right away, right where you're at to help you immediately up level your communication confidence.